If you're like me, you grew up hearing things like, Christy, don't go play in traffic. Keep your ball out of traffic. Don't run out into traffic. Be careful of traffic. That was all we were told as kids, whether we were riding our bikes, playing in the yard, playing ball. Didn't matter what we were doing. Don't play in traffic was what we were told. Well, I'm an adult now. It's time to turn the tables. And today we're talking all about traffic. And it's a good thing. So the real question is this. How can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to the show. My name is Christy Hostler, and I am so glad you have decided to join me today. Now, if you're here, it's because you are interested in monetizing your podcast and you are interested in making money. And I can help you do that. I've been podcasting for over 10 years. I've had my own full service podcast production company called Team Podcast for eight years, worked with over 250 podcasters, made millions of dollars from podcasting. And I have moved from middle America to living the life of my dreams on an island. And so you can do the same thing. Your dream might be different than mine. So uh, I'm here to help you achieve your dreams through the medium of podcasting. And today we're talking all about traffic, traffic, traffic. So a funnel is something you all know about, but a funnel without traffic is like a river with no bridge. Uh, It's like a fire with no wood. It's like a house with no walls. It's like a car with absolutely no gas. These are things that go together, but some are dependent on the other in order to work properly. The one thing you need to understand about traffic is, are you ready? You don't create traffic. Traffic is already out there, and it's out there, and it has nothing to do with you. Internet traffic, podcast traffic, it's all happening whether you're in the game or not. But if you're a podcaster, all you're trying to do is jump in front of that enough of that existing traffic to get the attention of your target audience. And so if you're looking for a specific audience, you have to go to places where that specific audience may already be present, and you're just trying to jump in front of enough of those specific people. Now, I can remember way back when, whenever we would, I I started my first job was in radio, and so I can remember how it used to work with radio, and that's very similar to, I mean, radio model hasn't changed very much, but Based on population, like, you know, a certain area that you broadcast to has this much population. So if you can get X percentage share of wallet, that means that maybe 30 percent of the people in that area or whatever the percentage is, listen to your show, then you get more advertisers. But the thing is, they're not targeted, right? It's just people living in a geographic region without specific demographics. That's not great traffic. You're wanting to target specific traffic. And your only goal 
with traffic is to get attention in the marketplace. Your only goal for a podcast is getting people to press play and listen. You want to get in front of enough people, create enough attention, create enough buzz, create enough hype with whatever you're putting out there that you get the attention of people enough for them to press play. A dear friend and mentor of mine, Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, is a uh, world-renowned author, and she has spent so many weeks on top of the New York Times bestseller list, and she wrote Women Who Run With the Wolves, and it's just recently, in the last year or so, had its 25th anniversary release. And so I can remember one time I was talking to her about this, and she was like, Christy, you know, the best writers are not the ones that have the best-selling books. The people with the best-selling books are just the people that keep showing up over and over and over again anytime there's an event for authors. She said, these are the people that just keep coming back. And they're the ones that eventually get enough attention that their books sell. Now, there might be a more highly skilled author somewhere down the line that never comes to these events. There might be a better storyteller on down the line. If you know Dr. E, you know she is a amazingly skilled storyteller. But if you have something that is great and you don't put it out there and you don't get enough attention in the marketplace, it's like you haven't got any credibility with people anyway. So you can have the best stuff, but if it sits on a shelf and nobody buys it, it's not doing anything for anyone. But if you have a mediocre product or a mediocre book, let's just say, and you get enough attention for it, and it's an in-front-of-people enough places, they eventually get your marketing message and decide to give it a try. And that's what we do with podcasting. So if you are already podcasting, what you are doing is you are building your largest traffic source. And it's organic traffic because essentially it's free in exchange for you creating great content. And what I want you to realize is if you started your podcast and you have listeners, then that means you have successfully jumped in front of enough podcast traffic that would otherwise be listening to other content, but they're now listening to you. So that was good. That's that's you've been successful in some measure. So then you have to replicate that success and continue to grow that. The part that most podcasters miss, and I want you to really, really understand, is that the game is not over when you successfully pick up enough traffic for your podcast. And there is a point at which most podcasters are completely discontent with the amount of downloads that they get, with the amount of listens they're getting and plays and subscribers and all that stuff that we're looking at, those what I call vanity metrics. But there's a point at which you pick up enough for your podcast and it's only valuable to you as the podcaster. The traffic that you have for your podcast is only valuable to other people at scale. So in other words, your traffic is only valuable to other companies sponsors, authors, business entities, whatever, in large volumes. But there's a whole window 
of time and metrics between getting 100 listeners and getting 10,000 listeners where that traffic that you have is most valuable to you as the podcaster. And since your traffic is most valuable to you from the moment you acquire it, you need to have a way to capture that traffic and keep that traffic consuming your stuff. This is one of the reasons that I recommend creating products and services for your audience that you can teach them what you know and get paid for it as one of the first ways to monetize your podcast. Because otherwise, you're waiting until you get to scale to, for anyone to extract any value from it. And you don't have to wait that long. So what I see over and over and over again is that podcasters get enough traffic that it's only valuable to them, but they're not doing anything to capitalize on that and monetize that traffic. And because no one else is interested in that podcast traffic, they don't do anything with it. So they fail to monetize it themselves. They fail to generate any sort of business model revenue from it. And they just end up doing what 60% of the podcasts in the Apple catalog have done. And that is pod fade. But this way of thinking, it's almost like thinking that if you can't start a business, unless you can go straight to a franchise model and not just have one business, but have a hundred all across the country, that's exactly the same way of thinking like you're not going to get any value out of a podcast until you have it trafficked enough, listened to enough that you've done it at scale and that it will make other companies interested in you. But until then, you're not going to get any value out of it. Like every franchise has always started with a single location and they get in there and they work to make that location the best they can make it. They build out a model, they build their systems, they build their processes, and then they go replicate it. And that's a very same model that we need to have with podcasting because you have got that window of time where you have your listeners all to yourself and they are most valuable to you and nobody else is going to even look your way. Nobody else is even going to be trying to steal your audience away because they don't know how valuable it is. That's when it's up to you to make it valuable. So I can tell you all day long how to get traffic, but if you don't have a way to capitalize on that traffic, then there is zero mechanism to convert your traffic into customers. I see this all the time with podcasters and they, you know, a lot of podcasters, I, I do a podcast tune up thing and I'll tell you about that in a minute, but um, I, I'm always looking and having strategy calls with podcasters and they're like, look at what I'm doing. What am I missing? And I'm like, you know, how are you trying to monetize? And I'm like, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I do offer coaching and whatever. And I'm like, where can people buy that coaching? Well, I, you know, it's just, and they start hemming and hawing. And so they don't have a specific mechanism set up where actually somebody can click a buy button, buy more of what you are selling and have money go directly into your bank account from their credit card. And if you don't have something that a podcast listener can buy from you, don't ask me why you haven't monetized your podcast. You've got to have something for people to buy in order for you to monetize. And if you don't, 
it's either just wishful thinking that you want to monetize, or maybe you are under some illusion that somehow out of the woodwork, somebody is going to come along and say, wow, you have the most amazing podcast I've ever heard. Let me pay you money for you to produce this podcast. Like nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to go and pay you to produce a podcast that you've already been producing for free and putting it out there. Nobody's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, man, this stuff is so good. You ought to get paid for it. You know, people get people would pay for what the content you're putting out. Well, you know what? If you don't have a buy it now button or you don't have a button on your website where you're selling something, people can't buy from you. I had a podcaster one time that he would tell me all the time. This podcaster, while he was bemoaning all the ways he failed to monetize and why wasn't he making any money from his show, all the while he's telling me this content that I am providing is so valuable. You know, people would pay for this. People have told me that. They have told me I would pay for this. I would pay for this. And I'm like, well, why didn't you get their credit card? Because if people tell you that they will pay you for something, and yet you have not productized it in a way for them to actually pay you something, then don't blame it on them that you're not monetized. Blame it on yourself. People are not going to come to you and say, please take my money, please take my money, please take my money. But if somebody says something is valuable and they say it's valuable and they give you your credit card, well, then you might be onto something. If they say it's valuable and they won't give you the credit card and they won't pay you for it, then they're probably just patronizing you. Like your family might do, or sometimes your family might not be doing that. They might be telling you how you suck at everything and that we have that too. But what I'm saying is you've got to have a conversion mechanism. If, otherwise, all the traffic in the world does you no good. And to be honest, I have clients right now, this very month, that will get nearly a 100,000 downloads on their podcast. And do you know what that means to them financially? It means very little because they have not properly monetized their podcast. They might have gotten the attention of a sponsor or two. And they might get a little, you know, oh, here's you have put out an episode. So here's. You know, I put two ads on it. So here's, you know, $800 or whatever. Well, that's not enough to live off of. That's not enough. That's not going to make all your financial dreams come true. And so what you have is you've built a huge traffic source, but you have no one getting the benefit of that traffic. If you are a podcaster that is like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm doing a lot of things right, but I may be missing some stuff. Not really sure. I wish I had somebody to look at this stuff. And kind of look behind the scenes and say, see, am I doing it right? Are there things I need to be doing differently? Well, I offer something called a podcast tune-up. And it's simply us looking at the back end of your show, listening to your show, looking at how you want to monetize, and really giving you the next steps that you need to take to get every single one of these things dialed in so that you essentially get three things out of your podcast. You get, number one, more downloads. Number two, from those downloads, you're going to get more conversions to your email list. And number three, from those downloads, you should also get more people on your email list that you can then convert to clients. So again, you've got to have 
a way to productize and have all of these things that people can buy. But if you want to know what the next steps are, if you feel like you're on the path, but you need a little guidance, I can help you with that. Just get the podcast tune up and we give you all the details uh, on the, the page for that. And you can just buy it right there. And then what happens is in two weeks, I got a a link there for you to get on my calendar for two weeks where we sit down and do a consultation. And I take an hour to go through everything and explain it all, explain all of our findings, explain all of our recommendations to you based on my 10 years plus of experience working with over 250 podcasts and really testing a lot of stuff out to try to sort of hack this podcast game, so to speak. You can go to teampodcast.com forward slash tune up if that's what you would like to have. Somebody look at what you're doing, give you some action steps to take, and then you take that action. Teampodcast.com forward slash tune up. Now, if you think about what you have created, you've created a podcast to get this traffic. Now you have a traffic source. So good. You've already like you've already solved your problem because honestly, before you create a course, before you create a membership, before you create anything else, you want to go ahead and solve your traffic problem. And that's what you're doing by podcasting. You're going ahead and gathering some traffic and that traffic is gathering there and you're just going to feed them little bits of stuff and ways for them to get further into your ecosystem until you get ready to launch the big thing. Right. But then by the time you launch that big thing, you've already got your traffic source there. So you just have to market to the traffic source that you've already got. And I'll tell you, marketing is not a one off thing. I see it so so many times. I was looking at a a podcaster that started a podcast. Maybe they started two or three podcasts during 2020, but it was like their first foray into podcasting. And they started two or three podcasts and several of them have already pod faded. Now they're like, oh, well, let me offer some, you know, podcast production services and let me offer some other things. And then I got to looking at their social media and they were like putting on, they're like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm putting on a summit. It's about growing your podcast and all this stuff. And they had their summit stuff, but it was mentioned one time on their social media, one time. And so they put that out there into the world one time. And you know what? When you're not a marketer, it seems like one time should be enough. (laughs) It does. It seems like, you know, I told you I had this. I don't want to bother you by telling you again and again. But look, look at your daily life. I see this all the time just in our family unit. and And now I'm still sitting here in Hawaii working, kind of sitting my sister's farm while she goes through treatments for cancer and chemo and all that. but. Every single time something gets on the calendar, it's like, okay, the day it gets on the calendar, we put it on the calendar, we mention it. Then we talk about it again, we talk about it again. And then the day before, we're like, okay, now this is on the calendar for tomorrow. So how are we doing this? Who's who's taking this person here? Who's doing that? What are we doing? Who's going to pick up this? We discuss it multiple times because if you didn't have a reminder and if you didn't have people bringing it back up to you and talking about it, do you know what would happen? The day would come and go and you would be like, oh, my God, was that yesterday we were supposed to do that? I completely missed it. And that's within your own family. These are people that care about what you're doing and what what you put on their calendar. If you're trying to get the attention 
of people that are not necessarily aware of what you're doing yet, you've got to be really present in the marketplace. And this is hard for me because I do not like attention. I can do a lot of things, but whenever it's about all the focus being on me and what I'm doing, it's like, uh, I can't stand that. Like I'm not an attention seeking person by nature. But what I have to do is let my mission drive me. And you know what? If nobody knows I'm sitting here trying to work day and night to monetize podcasts and to get podcasters finally getting an ROI on their podcast so they can stop pod fading and actually stop doing a lot of other things in their life that they don't want to do, but they're having to do because they need the money. If I'm just doing that over here in a vacuum, I'm never going to be able to accomplish my goals. I'm never going to be able to live the impact that I want to have with podcasters. Same thing with you. If you are value-driven and mission-oriented, then you must be out there beating the drum day and night in the marketplace about what you're doing. You have to talk about yourself. You have to tell people what you're doing. You have to tell people how they can work with you. When I tell you if you need my help and a, you know, me to take a deep dive looking behind your podcast and put it out there, then I meet with you about what it is and you pay me for that time and energy and effort and coming up with a plan for you. The reason I'm doing that is because the marketplace is like, that's what the marketplace has asked me to do. I get requests all the time from people saying, Christy, I just need you to look at my stuff. Help me. What am I doing? And the thing is, I can't give away all of that for free because I would spend my entire day giving away free things and not have a roof over my head and not have food on the table and not be following up with my responsibilities. Same thing with you. You have a responsibility, a moral obligation, so to speak, to monetize your show. So if you feel like you have a value proposition and a mission and a message to the world and you want to have impact, then you have to have a moral obligation to monetize your show. Because if you don't, it won't continue. If you don't, it will burn out. If you don't, everything else in your life will die on the altar of your podcast. And that will be your relationships, your family, your children. And it becomes not worth it in the long run to trade off something that you're pouring every bit of time, effort, and energy into. And then in the end, you're a podcaster that tells me, Christy, I don't get any feedback. I don't know what my listeners think about it. Well, you know why? You haven't made them any offers. You haven't brought them to the point where it's like, do you want to work with me further? Do you need help in this way? Now, there are lots of podcasters that are trying to monetize. They're trying this and they're trying that and they're trying to get sponsors and they're like, just take $25. If a sponsor will pay you $25, just take it. At least you got your foot in the door. I'm not going to tell you to do that because I think that's foolish. Your time and your effort and what you've put into building your audience is worth way more than that. And I would rather show you how to monetize with your products and services in a way that is more, way more valuable than $25 an episode. In fact, so much more valuable that you don't even entertain offers until you're getting significant money coming in if you accepted an offer. And it would outweigh kind of the, the downside of taking on sponsorship. So I want you to realize that 
This idea that you have now created a platform and traffic, you now have to ascend that traffic into the next level to eventually convert them into becoming customers of yours. And you might be thinking that like eventually when you have enough traffic, you'll create something to monetize. And I'm telling you, stop. You're creating the traffic right now with your podcast. So go and on a parallel track, simultaneously, create something that you can begin to capture that traffic and convert them into a lead for your business. Once you have them as a lead, then you can begin to convert them to a customer. It's a very natural progression. People do it all the time. Please don't get tons of traffic and go bust your butt and spend tons of money on getting tons of traffic and then have no way for them to become a customer or have no way, even some podcasters have no way for them to become a lead. And we're wasting time on our podcast talking about calls to action of leave me a rating review on iTunes. Well, iTunes doesn't give two toots about you. Just telling you that. And people can leave ratings and reviews on iTunes all day long, and it's not going to put another dime in your pocket. Same thing with with downloads. You know, you can get, I, like I said, I have clients that are getting, a, this very month, they're going to get 100,000 downloads on their podcast, and they're not making money. And that's their own fault. It is, because they've chosen that. They've chosen not to do what it takes to monetize. They've had me telling them what they need to do to monetize, and not even that, but, I, you know, if you don't want to do it, I can do it for you, and you can pay me to do it for you. But if you still choose not to do it, I can't make you do it. So you'll just continue to have a podcast that has a huge traffic source that's going to do you absolutely no good. And you get only a marginal amount of value from the sponsorships that you bring on. Don't get tons of traffic and have no way for that traffic to become a customer. You can pour jet fuel on your traffic by taking some very specific actions. And once you have a funnel and it's up and ready to go, it's time to ramp up your traffic acquisition. It really is. Now, depending on whether you have more time or more money, you'll be taking a completely different set of actions. Now, I'm just going to say this. Most podcasters, everything to be free or cheap. And so, you know, you hear see questions all the time. Who's the best free podcast host? Who's the best social media tool for posting in the most algorithmic way onto social media uh, that's free. You know, they want to have like uh, their cake and eat it too. They don't want to pay anyone because they have scarcity mindset. And I talked about that in another podcast episode, but I don't have time for those people. Like if you're not going to make an investment and put your back up against a wall to make the investment and come out swinging, come out doing everything you can do to take all the action you can take, then please go go with your free tool and, you know, six years, seven years from now, you might have finally reached the tipping point where you can monetize. Go, have at it. If you want to shortcut it, you can spend some money and throw some money at it. And you either have time or money. Now, money is a replaceable and renewable resource. You can spend money and get it back. You can invest money. You can get it back. You can actually go out and earn more money. Time is not. And so the fact that so many podcasters 
want to just throw time at everything and do everything themselves. And I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to, it's going to be great. And it's going to be awesome. And only I can do it this way. And I'm a perfectionist. So that's why I have to do it. Or my show's unique is the only reason I have to do it this way because it's my time. Like you realize that the most valuable resource on the planet is time and it is non-renewable. And once it is gone, it is gone. So if you don't value your time, please don't cry whenever your audience does not either. You have to value your time. That's a whole different topic. But let me, I'm just making the point with time or money. Most podcasters are naturally choosing time because they think they have more of it than they have money. But time is a non-renewable resource. But in fact, the larger you build your organic traffic through your podcast, the less money you will have to spend on paid traffic. But you can always get there faster with paid traffic. You can always get there faster. And when we talk about traffic and talk about you not being able to create traffic, all you're doing is jumping in front of pre-existing traffic. What you need to think about are what are the ways and where are the places that you can jump in front of more traffic? And this is going to be if you have more time than money. I mean, you're already investing a lot of time into creating a podcast where you're creating the highest, uh, largest organic traffic source that you're going to have for your podcast. And there are ways to exploit that and maximize that to get the most potential from traffic sources related to that. So where can you jump in more traffic sources? Where can you jump in front of them? Think about jumping in front of an interstate full of traffic, holding a sign like that's essentially what you're doing. Well, you can go on other podcasts. And and I'll just tell you this. From my experience, most podcasters are over being cold pitched. Like if you are an author or you are whatever and you don't already have your own podcast, it is going to be really hard for you to get on other people's podcasts. You know why? Because a lot of podcasters are wise to the fact that instead of spending the time, money, and effort to create your own podcast, all you're doing is you're playing the podcast guesting game, and you have nothing to reciprocate as far as giving that podcaster a platform or interview on your show. So they don't want to just keep giving their platform up to people that don't have a reciprocal platform. So the best way to get on other people's podcasts is to invite people on your podcast. And then many times those people that come and have a great guest experience on your podcast will then say, you know what, maybe you should come and be a guest on my podcast. If you are looking for people to come on your show, it is a great idea to always have people that have a podcast. They're going to be a better guest. You know they're going to have the right equipment, so they're not going to show up with some crazy earbuds, right? And you know they know how to hopefully speak and answer questions in a way that is not distracting and requires minimal editing. And you also know that they then understand the importance of promoting a show, the importance of sharing a show, and all of that sort of thing. So it's a really good reciprocity with other podcasters you, if you want to be a guest on their show, invite them on your show. 
if you're like most podcasters, you get pitched a hundred pitches for podcasts like this podcast right now. I get pitches every single week for people that want to be a guest on it, but not one of them has ever taken the time to realize that this is not an interview show. I've not had a single interview on here yet, and we're 40 something episodes in. They want to be come be a guest on my show. Not going to happen. So it's the same way. People are tired of getting pitched, cold pitches by people. But you know what they will respond to? I would like you to come and be a guest on my podcast. And many people will do that in a much easier way than they will otherwise. And then you get to build rapport. You get to make them have a great experience. And then hopefully in the end, they invite you on to be a guest on their podcast. It often often happens in a very reciprocal way. Other places where you can jump in front of traffic, virtual summits. There's tons of virtual summits that are going on right now where you can be a speaker and jump in front of traffic that is targeted to a specific audience. On a real in-person level, same thing with conferences. They rely on guest speakers. And for you to be able to apply and be a speaker on those conferences is going to put you in front of a lot of traffic where people can see your ideas and what you're doing and decide whether they like you or not and then get on board. There's also some non, let's call them non-internet-y, <laughs> non-podcasty ways that you can get more traffic to your podcast. And some of you might want to call these old school ways, but they are literally professional organizations that are set up for your specific niche doesn't really matter what it is. There's probably an organization set up for it. There are trade groups and trade organizations that will be a part of whatever your niche is. Can you join them? Can you promote stuff there? Is there a way that you could be the media outlet for them? Is there a way that if they're having multiple events per year, that you could sort of partner with them and highlight what they're doing? on your show so that you can then jump in front of their traffic of conference attendees. There's also local groups. There are local meetup groups that meet every single week, business groups and in different, a bunch of different niches. There are Facebook groups. There are other communities that are out there that are online that you can join. And some people would say, well, yeah, but you have to pay to join so many of those. So pay. Hey, if you have to join, I'm going to tell you this one story and uh, you can, you know, I can, I can look at the naivete of me whenever I was just starting out in podcasting. But I uh, had started in podcasting listening to I was driving two hours my away each way to work on my regular job. And John Lee Dumas at the time was the only podcaster that was putting out like daily content. Everyone else was like maybe once a month, maybe every two weeks. But like consistently, he put out content. So he consistently was talking about what I wanted to hear about. And so I listened to him and he was terrible at first. He'll tell you that. He'll be like, oh, my God, go listen to my first shows. And if I can do it, anybody can, because I was awkward. So I listened to his shows and I got to thinking, I was like, oh, I can be a podcaster, too. When he started making money from his podcast, I was like, I don't need to make $30,000 a month. If I just made a tenth of that, I would be golden, like it would change my life. So I did my podcast and I put it out. And back in the day, I thought, based on what, you know, John was saying at the time, 
that if you just launched a podcast, that you automatically had eight weeks where if you got enough ratings and reviews for your show, they would automatically put you in Apple's new and noteworthy. And then once you were in new and noteworthy, it was pretty much that was a done deal. Like you were going to get a good amount of listeners. And then it was like the money would start rolling in. Like that's what I thought in my mind. And so it was so interesting. So I was, I was, I was so sincere and I was like trying to look for, there was, there was one other show in my niche and my show was a local show about local business and it was a podcast. And uh, there was one other show called Small Business Stories and it was done by this guy and it was terrible. Like it wasn't edited and like sometimes it would come on and he had this terrible jingle that went, you know, went on the front of it. And but it would come on at the point at which like the sky, it was like this back in the day, the Skype ring, you know, the, you know, Skype ring. And then someone would pick up the phone and they'd be like, hello. And he'd be like, hey, this is so and so. Do you remember I told you I wanted to do that um, thing where I talked to you about your business? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, OK, can, we, can you do that now? I'm like, yeah, what do you want to know? And so like, that's how, that's how, that's how that show went. And so it was terrible. Like it was awful. But I happened to notice on Apple that that dude had a ton of five-star ratings. And I thought, this is crazy that people are loving his show. So it was a naive thing that I did, but I started looking in iTunes and I could see that some of those other people that had, like, you can see who else has left ratings and reviews. And so I would look up their moniker or whatever they, you know, their login kind of thing was for iTunes. And for some of them, like, they would put, like, I'm this person or I'm that person or whatever. And you could, like, Google it and you could figure out who they were. So I started doing that. And so there was a handful of people, like, I probably found, like, about 10 people that I found online that had given reviews for this guy and gave him five-star reviews. And so I just reached out to them and I was like, hey, so-and-so, I noticed that you had left a five-star rating and review for this show. And I just want to let you know that if you like this kind of content, I also have a show that's like that. And so if you like his, I mean, I think you're really going to like mine because mine is way better and we edit and, you know, that kind of thing. So I started getting replies back and people were like, oh, yeah, hey, are you a member of Podcasters Paradise? Yeah, I'll do a review swap with you. And I was like, what are they talking about? I do a review swap with me. And then several people are like, hey, are you, you know, so you're in Paradise too. And I'm like, what are they talking about? And then I realized that all of these people were in a group that was John Lee Dumas's group, Podcasters Paradise. And they were doing things. Remember back in the day, I thought those ratings and reviews, I can tell you this is not the case now. Ratings and reviews don't put you into new and noteworthy now. It's all hand curated. So they changed that system. But back in the day in 2012, when this was going on, it was the case that was just, you know, all algorithm based. And we thought ratings and reviews would get you there. And so I realized behind the scene that this group that John had formed, where you have to pay to get into it was having what they call Pay It Forward Friday, and they were all rating and reviewing the podcast. That anybody could put a link to their podcast. And so people that really weren't listening to the podcast, or maybe they would listen to one show and be like, oh, yeah, five-star review. This guy's awesome. 
So I finally, I ran into this over and over and over and over again. And I was like, well, heck, if you can't beat them, join them. So I ended up joining Podcasters Paradise as well. And I'm a a lifetime member and, and that sort of thing. And so I'm still in there and still contributing to that group. But getting that membership or getting into that group opened the door to other opportunities I don't like the podcast review swap. I don't really participate in those. I don't like people to try to put those in my groups that I'm in charge of uh, because I believe it is a waste of energy. I believe it is. It's not that you're deceiving people because hopefully you do give honest reviews or honest feedback if you don't like a show. But I feel like it is it's not really ethical. And I don't mean to poo-poo and say to people that if you're wrong, if you do that, if you have your reasons for doing it, you do your thing, but I'm not participating in that. And I know now that there's a lot better ways that you can use your time than spending an entire Friday going through and trying to rate and review as many shows as people put links to out in the pay it forward uh, Friday thing and trying to get them to review your show as well. Like there's so many better things we can do with our time and with our energy, and they're not based on trying to manipulate a number. And that's the problem I have. Like, I don't want to try to manipulate numbers, whether it's, you know, knowing how to post a certain link on Twitter to make your downloads go up or whatever. Like, I don't believe in manipulating. I I would rather have the honest picture of what a podcast is really like without manipulation (laughs) from outside forces. So there are groups, there are online communities. And honestly, Many of them are worth the investment. You will be introduced to other people that are following along in their journey. There might even be opportunities to mentor, be mentored by other people or mastermind groups. We have one in the works here that's going to be for podcasters, but it's just a way for you to get in front of and collaborate with people that are also on the same mission that you're on. So don't expect everything to be free. You will do yourself a favor by investing in yourself on this journey because you can only pick up a certain amount of knowledge for free. Trust me, people that are giving out free knowledge, they might give out a lot of free knowledge, but if they have a paid program, they're giving out, they're holding back the really good stuff for the paid program. And they're teaching you not just the strategy, but the tactics behind it. Just know that. You can also, you may not have thought about this, but being an affiliate for a bigger name company, one of my friends is a big ClickFunnels affiliate. And he Every single time Russell Brunson has a book launch or is promoting something like he knows traffic is going to be massive to those entities. So that's whenever he ramps up his affiliate marketing for ClickFunnels as well, because he does it in a way that he is just trying to jump in front of this massive traffic pattern or traffic jam that is being created by whatever the launch Russell is doing and he's getting in front of that traffic. I have another friend who has a YouTube channel and last and he doesn't talk about it's not not a YouTube channel on athletics. It's about wealth and finances and and that sort of thing. But last week the title of his YouTube show was Simone Biles net worth and something else. It was something else was in the title. So why would he do that? Because he knows that Simone Biles was getting a lot of internet traffic. That name was coming up again and again. And if he could get people that were interested in her net worth, then they might also be interested in their own net worth and they might be interested in his content. 
you see how that works? So it's a way to jump in front of traffic by being affiliate for other people. You also could create affiliates for your own products and services. I do this for mine. Uh, We have an affiliate program here at Team Podcast because when I find we work with podcasters before I know it, other podcasters, podcasters know other podcasters. And so they're getting on interviews with each other. They're guesting on each other's shows. And before you know it, they're talking about, oh, who does your podcast stuff? Or maybe we give them some really cool assets or audiograms that they can use for promoting the show and and that sort of thing. And they're like, who creates these for you? And before you know it, them getting introduced to all these people. So we have a referral program. We have an affiliate program where you can get recurring monthly revenue for referring people to team podcasts that become clients and you get paid on the life of the account. So you can turn your stuff and your products into services that people can be affiliates for. And you can recruit those as well. And again, that's a way for you to draft on someone else's traffic because there are people that are just looking to be affiliates. They don't want to create programs. They don't want to create courses. They don't want to create all this, but they just want to be an affiliate for people. And when they do that, they're always looking for good offers to fill out different valuable niches. Like, believe it or not, a lot of marketers go to niches, not because it's their passion, not because it's their experience, not because of anything they have, but they go to it because it is a lucrative market. It's just the way it is. So understand this whole traffic thing can be accomplished in a lot of different ways. So that's some of the ways that you can get if you have traffic or a more organic type of traffic, more time uh, investment of traffic uh, versus money investment of traffic. If you have some money. And I'm going to tell you this. This is one of my pet peeves. I see people start a podcast and, you know, might see a little modicum of success. And they, next thing you know, they're like, all right, guys, I'm really want to upgrade my podcast. So what mic do you recommend for under $1,000? Now, here's the thing. Most listeners can't tell whether you're podcasting to them from a $100 mic or $150 mic or a $1,000 mic. Like that, the difference is not detectable to the naked ear. And even then, you're li- they're listening to your show while they're running on the treadmill or they're mowing the grass or they're cooking in their kitchen. They're not listening to it in the most pristine environment anyway. And so your margin of, what do they call it? The law of diminishing returns is what I'm trying to say. Like, from a $100 mic to a $1,000 mic is essentially you're getting nothing back for that. But now if you go from a no mic at all to actually getting investing in a, you know, a $70, $100, $150 mic, you're going to have huge increases with that just because you're taking your content to, from a drastic audio quality that's terrible to a much better audio quality. So what I want you to realize is It drives me crazy when people get hung up on gear that isn't going to make a difference or ways to spend money on their podcast that will make zero difference at all. One of the best things you can do if you have a little bit of money is put it into traffic. And I'm not talking about blowing a bunch of money. I'm not talking about a huge expense. But one of the best things to do when you're trying to just get more downloads and subscribers is to advertise in the podcast apps. 
and you, I'll let you do your own research and figure out who's doing what. I'm, I'm working on a larger resource that I'm going to put together for podcast apps that are available to advertising, sort of what the minimum amount of investment is and that sort of thing. But that's kind of a, a long time coming because it's just got, there's so much every week we turn around, there's new podcast apps. But uh, advertising in the podcasting apps is the best way to get downloads and subscribers. If you are trying to advertise on social media or on Google for your podcast to try to increase downloads, please stop. Don't You're not going to get a return on your investment. You're not going to be able to track downloads of your show back to your ad campaigns. And so therefore, you're running blind and you're just putting out and blowing a bunch of money on something that you're going to get zero tangible ROI on. So stop that. But if you are advertising on social media or on Google ads, drive traffic to your offers, to your funnel, not your podcast. So in other words, if you have a program or you have, for me, I could run ads to my podcast tune-up because it is a product, it has a sales funnel, and it has everything right there. So it would make sense for me to drive traffic from social media and Google to that funnel, but not necessarily to try to get people to download my podcast because that'll never happen. Never be able to determine the ROI from that. Besides that, let me just mention that not everyone who is on social media actually listens to podcasts. I think only 40 to 50% of the people that are on social media listen to podcasts. So if I'm paying thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars to reach people, like I'm reaching a bunch of people that don't listen to podcasts, so they already dismiss what I'm saying, and I don't have enough money to put into education to explain to them why they should listen to a podcast. Do you see what I'm saying? So like, go where you can spend the least amount of money to reach your ideal listener. And that's why I say, if you want downloads and subscribers, put it in the, put your money into the podcast apps. Why? Because 100% of the people that are seeing your ads and you're advertising to already listen to podcasts, right? They're probably already listening to podcasts in your category because you can generally determine what category you want to advertise in. Do you see what I'm saying? So you like, you've already knocked down two big dominoes of effectiveness of getting in front of your ideal audience that way. So time and money, you have lots of ways that you can drive traffic. But I just, I wanted you to want to kind of go over this with you today so you would understand that like your whole goal is not to create traffic. Stop thinking about it that way. It's not yours to create. It's not yours to turn on or turn off. Traffic's already out there and you just need to find the entry points that you can jump in front of enough of your ideal listeners, many times being a speaker at conferences, many times being a guest on podcasts, many times having even be creating your own Facebook group for your niche will put a traffic source in front of you that you wouldn't have had access to. And that's why people do it, because it's a traffic source. So I just want you to understand traffic a little better. And again, a funnel, you can come up with your own scenarios, but a funnel without traffic is honestly just a waste. Like you, if you have a funnel, you've got to do everything you can to drive traffic to it. Many times you have to drive enough traffic to it to know what to optimize within that funnel. So in other words, I'll give you an example. Russell Brunson, whenever he's testing a product, and I know this because I'm in his mastermind and he's told us numerous times, he drives $1,000 worth of cold traffic to that offer before he makes any decisions about what he's going to do. 
And then once he gets that, hits that $1,000 threshold, then he'll go in and he'll look at the data. Then they'll start tweaking things. They only tweak one thing at a time. Maybe it's a headline. Maybe it's an image. Maybe they split test and run something side by side with only one change. But he gets a baseline amount of traffic before he even bases any decisions on what he's going to do or how he's going to optimize things. And that's the whole point of it. Like no funnel is out of the gates perfect. Like they don't just hit like that. It takes tweaking. It takes massaging your message. It takes trying different hooks to get it out there. But if you just put something out, I put out a new funnel last week and I've just been driving very small amounts of traffic to it. I think I had my Google ads on for like five or $10 a day. It was a very small amount. And uh, like literally there have been 24 people that have actually visited and, and visited the shopping cart. I've only had 24 people in four days get their eyes on that funnel. That's not enough traffic for me to make a decision. Now, I can try some other things and I can turn up the amount of dollars per day and I can do a lot lot of different things. But you just have to understand that it's too early to make decisions many times if you don't have enough traffic to get a consensus. For me, I don't run $1,000 to things because I don't advertise on that scale, but I might run a full 30 days of an ad or 30 days of campaigns to a landing page to even to get that data to even know what to begin to start tweaking. So traffic is something that like once you have the mastery of driving traffic to offers, like you literally can write your own ticket in any niche anywhere in the world. It's that simple. And so I wanted you to understand today that you as a podcaster have your traffic source that you are building You're diverting enough traffic that's out there to your things. And right now, your podcast might be most valuable to you. So my question to you is, what are you doing to take advantage of that? Your traffic's probably not big enough at scale yet that it's worthwhile to other advertisers or sponsors. But that doesn't mean it's not the most valuable to you. So you get to take advantage of it. You get that window of time between when you're getting 100 listeners a month and you're getting 10,000 or more listeners a month, where you get the advantage of the traffic. How are you going to turn them into leads? How are you going to turn them into customers? That's the question. And that's the age-old problem that podcasters have. So I hope this has given you a little bit of insight today. And if there's anything that I can do to help you with your podcast, please visit teampodcast.com and you'll find out all the ways you can get in touch with me. You can also join our private Facebook group and I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Hope you have an awesome day. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.